Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, Austin Business Journal Managing Editor Will Anderson profiles Carrie Michaels, co-founder and CEO of William Murray Golf, channeling the life experiences of the famous actor and his brothers, and bringing a new energy to the course. Carrie, welcome to the Texas Business Minds podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, I'm so excited to be here today. Excited to have you. Now, you are the co-founder and CEO of William Murray Golf. You guys are making apparel inspired by the personality of actor Bill Murray. And you were recently named, I saw, to the Women to Watch list by (laughs) WPO, the Women President's Organization. So you are leading a fast-growing e-commerce business here in Austin. You're dealing with some of these small business struggles that I think will be really informative for our listeners. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share our story. Well, I think that's where we have to start, right? I mean, there's some great topics to explore, but you're running a company that is tied to the likeness of Bill Murray, maybe maybe the most popular man in America. Can you give us a little bit of the backstory on William Murray Golf? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, this it all kind of started in 2015 when I was working for another company here in Austin called The Chive. Are you familiar with The Chive? Yeah, we've got the chive, the uh, the keep calm and chive on bumper stickers, the website, yeah. and as many people don't realize, but as you will surely tell us, a, a big apparel side and a big e-commerce side. So yeah. that's where you were working before. Yeah, absolutely. So I was head of operations for their e-commerce business, which was a huge business at the time. And they did have Bill Murray's likeness for t-shirts. And so you may see some people walking around with t-shirts with Bill's face on it. And depending on the holiday, sometimes they dress them up for St. Patrick's Day or the 4th of July. And those t-shirts sold incredibly well. And I remember coming across this one t-shirt that the Chive had done for charity right before I started. It was sometime in 2014, and it was a t-shirt with our now William Murray golf logo on it. It's an image, a silhouette of Bill Murray tossing a golf club. And they did that for charity, and I think they sold 2,000 units in 24 hours or something crazy. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, Like they're really onto something here. And it felt like that logo on that t-shirt could be something even bigger. And so I had come from Oakley. I had been in that sport performance world and I loved it. And so in chatting with the founders there, John and Leo Rezig, we were like, well, do you think there could be something bigger here to this one t-shirt? Could we build it into a brand? And it was one of those things where, you know, internally, we'd always kind of been told by Bill's lawyers, you know, oh, you're never going to get them to say yes to anything again. So don't approach them about another business. <laughs> but I loved the concept so much. I had said to them, I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I just build out this model on the side? I'm just going to work on it and see what the opportunity could be and see if there really was the white space that we were envisioning. And so the more I kind of dug in, I was like, wow, you know, if you really squinted your eyes at what was going on in golf, everybody looked exactly the same. You know, it was what I call the sea of blue stripe polos. And even, you know, the big brands that were trying to be different still looked just like everyone else. 
And so I was like, well, gosh, who better to be the face of a brand that could really bring some personality onto the course and make it more fun and approachable than somebody like Bill Murray? Of course, everybody knows Caddyshack. It's one of his most famous movies. But as I dug into his story, I realized Bill and his brothers, they all grew up caddying and playing golf growing up. And they were all inducted in the Caddy Hall of Fame. And so I was like, wow, yeah. I was like, there's an authentic storyline here that makes it about something more than just Caddyshack. It really is a passion of theirs. And that was one of those aha moments for me where I was like, well, this could be a brand that's rooted in, in something authentic. Yeah. And then being based in Austin, right? And you think about Lions Municipal Golf Course and mm-hmm. a lot of people who grew up here caddying, playing golf or, or knowing about it. And we're, uh, we're a city, you might say, that combines the love of golf with maybe a laid back attitude and a different sense of style. And uh, here you are in Austin, 15, 16 was when you were yeah. within Chive. Is that exactly. Right? Yeah. 2015 was when we started the idea. And then, you know, it took us a while. We had to pitch it to the Murray family and worked on contracts and stuff. So that took about a year and a half. <laughs> Tell me what that was like. My understanding is that, you know, I think a lot of our listeners will be used to pitching investors, but you actually had to pitch the Murray family, right? Is that is that yes. right? You brought them into Austin to, once this idea was baked to to present it? How did that go? Yeah. So we had a couple of pitches, to be honest. Well, the very first pitch, I pitched Joel Murray on a golf course. So I I pitched him on a golf cart and I had been at a golf tournament that Joel and, and all the Murray brothers host every year down in Florida. And the Chive was one of the sponsors. So I just happened to meet Joel and told him, hey, I would love to get you in a better golf polo. <laughs> And so the conversation went from there. I pitched him on the golf cart and then we didn't hear from them for a few months. And then his lawyer reached out, Bill Murray's lawyer reached out a few months later and said, Hey, I heard about this idea. Do you mind if I come to Austin and hear more about it? And so that's when Bill's lawyer came to Austin. And I believe that was May or June of 2016, no, 2015, sorry. And while we were in the meeting with Bill's lawyer, he was like, hey, you know, sorry, I got to take this call. It's Bill Murray. And we were like, okay. So he leaves the room, takes this call with Bill Murray. He's gone for like 45 minutes and he comes back and he's like, okay, well, sounds like we have a deal. Let's do it. <laughs> and we're, we're all looking at each other like, wait, are what do you mean? Are, like are we, it back. Yeah. yeah, we were all surprised and we were like, okay, so you mean we can move forward with William Murray golf? And he said, yep, let's do it. So, and then kind of the rest is history. So our first season and collection launched under the chive in fall of 2016. And yeah. then we sold out of nearly everything immediately. And so by the end of the year, we didn't have any product left. And then we agreed with the Chive to split off. We spun off William Murray Golf, my co-founder, Brandon Barrett, and I in January of 2017. And then we kind of started raising our own funds and doing our own thing since then. Great. And since then, I mean, I've seen the designs around town online. I mean, it's a very colorful, a lot of interesting patterns on this uh, apparel, which looks great on the golf course, but I see people wearing it just out and about too. What's the current state of your designs? And I know there's some recent news with the, your first women's line, right? So catch me up on yeah. on everything that's happening now. 
Yeah, absolutely. So from a design perspective, one thing that we always wanted to make sure was that the prints were not just a print to be a print, but they were something rooted. They were rooted in a story. They had purpose. And so we feel very fortunate to have a lot of inspiration to draw from. You know, we tell, of course, a lot of Bill's stories from the movies show up throughout our prints, but we also tell, you know, their love of golf and we have some family elements woven throughout all of our designs as well. So that is one thing that sets us apart is we want to make sure that every polo, every print we produce really does have a cool story about it. And so that's been really fun. And, you know, since launching in late 2016, we're getting emails so frequently from women saying, hey, I want to be a part of the brand. You know, I love Bill Murray too. And so for us, we finally decided to take the plunge in 2020 is when we really started product development for women's and it took us two years. So we ended up launching in April of 2022 of this year. Uh, our first women's collection. So it's been a few years in the making and we're so excited to be able to offer it to everybody now. And that's a big decision too, because um, you and I had talked about it before, launching something new like that takes time, energy. It takes something away, even from the other side of the business that the, I don't mean that in a negative way, but to take energy away from a established line, like the menswear Mm -hmm. and focus to something new. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, men's was somewhat, easy, right? You have one polo. We had one pair of shorts. Things were selling. We sell out of most of our polos by the end of a season. And so for us to make that decision, we were like, one, we're going to have to reallocate inventory dollars and cash to another business that we really don't know if it's going to work out. And two, women's is more complicated to design. And so it took us longer in product development to get the fits right. We don't just have one polo, we have two polos and we have a couple silhouettes of skirts and dresses. And so it's just a little bit more intense, but it's been a really fun journey. And so far we're getting a lot of great feedback from women. It's an interesting point you raised about selling out of a lot of your uh, polos by the end of a season. And I've seen you talk before about, you know, cash management, inventory mm-hmm. management. And I just wonder, so that's a conscious choice to either limit inventory or, or just the way you sell it maybe. And I wonder if there's any insight you can give us for other CPG and uh, retail yeah. Uh, apparel companies. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there are a few things at play here. You know, when we first started, we didn't have a ton of cash to invest heavily in inventory. And so by chance, we kind of developed the scarcity model where we we bought what we could afford. You know, we started our first collection, I think was five or six polos. So it wasn't very many. And so we sold out of that pretty quickly. But what that did was create and build demand. And sure. so over the years, even though we've been raising money, it's it's been just enough to kind of help us build and grow that inventory base. When you're in apparel, and it's it's probably a little bit different from some CPG companies here in town, but in apparel, you're putting deposits on inventory six to nine months in advance, depending yep. on where they are. And that's that's cash tied up for a long time. So you want to make sure you're going to sell that. <laughs> I've read some of the uh, similar things when I was writing about uh, June and January, which was a baby apparel maker uh, um, based here in the Austin area and yeah. if productions overseas. Yeah, you might be, especially with the snarls that came up during COVID, you're launching something new in 2020, 2021, like you are, you're kind of going out there on a limb to assume you're going to put money down and you're even going to see a product within six months. Exactly. I know it can be 
Every time I put in a, a large purchase order, I'm always like, oh, before I press send, you know, you're checking in a bunch because it, it is a big investment and it's a big decision. Carrie Michaels joining us. In our next segment, she reflects on the early days of the brand. When Texas Business Minds continues. Texas Mutual Insurance Company cares about your injured employees as much as you do. With our proactive and compassionate workers' comp claims handling, taking care of your people is how we take care of your business. Business is better with Texas Mutual. So that scarcity model, as you said, it was kind of out of necessity. You're just where the business started. Interesting how that has evolved. And that um, leads me to my next question, which is, you know, it is fun. It sounds like you have a lot of fun in your job, but as you go from being a startup and something that's brand new and exciting, how has your role changed as CEO and a business with longevity that I believe has been reported to have around $15 million in annual revenue? You know, it's a, it's a sizable business now. And how has your role changed as CEO? Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting. You know, when when Brandon and I first started this many years ago, we wore all the hats. We did everything. You have to be flexible and that's part of being an entrepreneur, right? And and I love that. You know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and so being able to dig your hands in and do everything from building the website, doing the marketing, the strategy, the finance, and then the product development. That was really exciting, but you know, after a season or two, you start to realize, well, we probably need we probably need a few people to help us out here. <laughs> and so then we slowly started building the team and and kind of getting some some full-time employees on board. And I would say it was probably 2018 into 2019 where I I woke up one day and was like, "Oh my gosh. My job is totally different." And <laughs> I felt like I wasn't really an entrepreneur in the same way anymore. And it's almost like you, you know, you shift from being the one that's doing all the things to suddenly leading a team and really trying to be more of the person who's helped guiding the ship versus the one that's doing all the things. And so that was a very much of it still is a transition for me. You know, I think I'm still learning every day, every year that goes by, there are so many new challenges that that come our way. And so I'm still evolving there, but I wasn't prepared for that in the early days. I didn't know and realize there was going to be that shift from entrepreneur to leader. What resources have you turned to? Do you have any mentors, uh, You know, business books, media, or even examples you try to follow? How have you augmented those leadership skills? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I feel like I've been a sponge in so many ways. I'm very fortunate. We have a great group of investors in William Murray Golf, and a number of them are have also become mentors to me. And so I've actually, over the years, had regular calls with a few of them as advisors. And I started with a career coach back in 2019, and she's been amazing at helping me navigate and figuring out how to lean into my strengths there as a leader. And then, you know, podcasts and books and things. And I'm always wanting to learn and meet new founders too. And so just trying to broaden that network as much as possible and hearing and really listening to what's worked for other people has helped me over the years. So you, you're a fan of uh, kind of uh, executive coaching and yeah. also networking too, it sounds like. So not just in your industry, but with yeah. other industries, companies. 
Absolutely. I think it's really important to learn across industries because they just approach things differently. You know, I have friends and founders in the tech world and the way they they approach challenges is so different than the way that I do. And I, I love that. You mentioned investors. Is it right that you are currently raising uh, some more money that you guys are looking for some uh, equity financing in order to, to accelerate the growth? Yeah, we are. You know, it's a challenging year to be out there looking for money, but we're really yeah. excited about it. It's a big change for us. You know, we're going into a new chapter of growth. And so we really are looking for strategic capital to help us in this next phase. It's going to be a larger raise for us. And I think this is what will help put us on the map. What do you think investors are looking for right now? What has resonated when you talk to folks out there? Yeah, you know, I think there are a few things. I one thing that comes to mind is is really a diverse a channel mix that's a little more balanced. And so we are starting to balance ours. You know, we've been very heavy and direct to consumer since we started. But I think post-pandemic, what a lot of companies are seeing is that you can't be reliant and dependent on a single channel to grow and to continue to grow. And so really for us, scaling in the retail slash wholesale world is where we see a ton of opportunity. And I think, too, one of the value adds we have, though, is that being so strong and direct to consumer, uh, we have an incredibly loyal customer following. And so what a lot of investors want to see is that not only do you have a lot of customers, but you have a lot of customers that are returning again and again. And there's a lot of value in that. Great. Fantastic. I also want to point out, I think it's safe to say you're a LinkedIn influencer, or I'll call you a LinkedIn influencer. <laughs> your posts are so insightful. They're interesting. Like you were posting the other day about, have you ever had those days where you feel like you get nothing done? You run from meeting to meeting and realize end of the day, you haven't accomplished what you wanted. And yeah. uh, you wrote, take back control. Make sure you're getting done what you need first, not reacting only to what others need from you. You just post some really interesting things on LinkedIn and um I guess that just comes comes naturally to you, or you, you, are you? Uh, do you have to work kind of to, um, to to open yourself up like that? Oh, it is. I wouldn't say it comes naturally. I definitely am a little more reserved, but I've realized that I want to have more of a voice and kind of get out there in a different way and share some things, especially as a female founder. You know, just wanting to to share my experiences in a different way. So no, I wouldn't say it comes naturally, but uh, every time I post something, I'm like, oh, do I want to put this out there? <laughs> uh, but it's been it's been a fun journey for me. I get it. Yep, there's that anxiety with the post button, <laughs> similar to it, the anxiety about yeah. the disorder, right? Like, yeah, exactly. A good idea. No, but I think you've you've kind of been a font of knowledge. It's cool to see you doing all that. In that vein, could I run a few lightning questions by you around your time management and leadership? Sure, would love it. Treat it like a LinkedIn post, right? So um, what's the first thing you do in the morning? Well, first thing I do, I have two young kids. So I'm always making them breakfast and getting their their lunches together. But it's really important to me too, to do some sort of exercise. And so whether I'm going for a run or I'm doing yoga, I really prioritize that in the mornings because then once my day gets started, I, I never do anything in the afternoon or at night. So even if that means, and it's been it's been hard for me over the years, but sometimes that means I don't get in the office till you know nine thirty, even ten, depending on how long I, I go for a run. And so, but I think that's really helped me prioritize my mental health. 
you have the power to eliminate one piece of technology forever from the business world. What are you <laughs> saying goodbye to? <laughs> oh, it's a good question. I don't know. I I was going to say part of me wants to say social media just because I, I feel like sometimes people get so wrapped up in it. And it's like you forget to look up and be in the real world. And, you know, social is not the real world. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a great place to share and be open. But sometimes it gives like a false sense of reality, too, especially. Yeah, exactly. So you're a, parent, you're a parent as well. So, you know, like the pressures of trying to do the kid thing, then the work thing, then and like the, the sometimes you're the mom at work, too. You know, like if you have colleagues looking yeah. up to you in that way and it's, it's a lot to balance. And sometimes I fall on my face. So, um, yeah, it's life is imperfect and it's supposed to be. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like sometimes social media gives us a a false sense of reality. So your LinkedIn posts are great. They're they're really insightful topics. When you write your, you know, your business leadership book, what will the title be? (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to make it to that level, but. um, You did write it, write a book. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a book I'm reading right now that I love the title is The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Right. And there's something to that vein where I could see my book saying something like that, where, you know, the stuff is hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I got there. <laughs> Excellent. That works. Well, I really appreciate having you on here on the Texas Business Minds podcast. The, the last thing is what's new for you in the new year? Are, are there any big goals, priorities? I know we talked about about financing and that's a strange environment right now, but uh, yeah, what's on tap for 2023 for you and for William Murray Golf? Yeah, really looking forward to 2023. I think it's going to be a, a great year for us, namely because we're looking for this strategic financing. And so that is going to just change the trajectory of this company. And I can't wait to see how this unfolds. Great. Well, we'll be right there too. Looking forward to hearing more about that in the new year. Thank you so much for joining us on the Texas Business Minds podcast here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Texas.